Welcome to the Loftcast, QPR's official podcast. I'm Paul Morrissey from the QPR Press Office. Today I'm joined by Andy Sinton and QPR in the Community Trust head honcho Andy Evans. On this episode of the pod, we'll be looking back on Saturday's impressive draw up at Leeds United and also speaking about our recent run of results, which has helped steer us clear from that relegation dogfight. The heroes of 67 were back at Loftus Road recently for the 50th anniversary of our League Cup success. We'll be reflecting on their return as well as looking ahead to this weekend's Community Day, which includes the Tiger Feet Walk and the visit of Rotherham. two Andys. Thanks for joining us. I can't even decipher you as the, the tall one and the short one, can I? The two Steady. short ones. Um, <laughs> firstly, before we look back on the recent results on the pitch, Andy Sinton, if I talk to you first, last podcast was um, our Stars of 67 special with Mark Lazarus and Roger and Ian Morgan. You were part of that event and it was great to have them back, wasn't it? That was a fantastic evening. You know, good build up to, um, to the evening, but to get those three guys on a stage, you know, reminiscing, telling stories, uh, great turnout by our fans. I was actually amazed by how many people were in the audience who were actually at the game 50 years ago. You know, that was um, that was really, really good. But uh, no, it was a tremendous evening. The, the three of them did really well, bounced off each other, told some stories, and we probably could have been there another three or four hours uh, if, we, if we didn't have to wrap it up. And like you say, it was a perfect build-up to their return at Loftus Road for the game against Cardiff. Like I say, we'll talk about on-pitch matters in a moment, but Andy Evans, your pitch side for the Forever Eyes inductions, along with Andy Sinton, of course, and that must have been very special for you, just from a personal point of view, obviously a, a lifelong QPR fan, to be pitch side and seeing all those guys out on the pitch. Yeah, it was, uh, I, I feel very privileged, actually, every every half-time uh, when we do the Forever Eyes club and when we induct the, the old players, uh, but obviously that was a very special one. Mm. Um, I was born in 68, so you know, I'd heard all about 67 from my dad, um, who was there at the game. So, you know, it was great that we got as many of them back as we did. And um, I was just always, I was saying uh, to, to Andy Sinton the other day that, you know, it's, it's, it's great when you're out there on the pitch at half time because you can, you can see the crowd and they're all just hanging on every word uh, when, when you're interviewing the guys. So, uh, yeah, but the 67 guys seeing them all out there, that was, that was pretty special. They all got a great reception, but when Mark Lazarus came out with the trophy and he, he certainly enjoyed the moment as well, that was a great reception he got. It was, and uh, rightly so, you know, it is our only major trophy that we've ever won and obviously that secures legendary status for that team and Mark in particular getting that goal. Uh, so it was only right that he, he came out with a cup and, and got that reception and uh, he's still a character, isn't he, Mark? Mm. A real character. And uh, from your point of view, Andy, obviously you were heavily involved along with Andy Sinton and, and uh, the committee in putting that event on and having all the players out there. It was great to see them back. There was five former players out there. Obviously, some sadly no longer with us who were who were honoured on the day, but there were also players who couldn't get along for logistical or other reasons. Rodney Marsh obviously wasn't there, but every effort was made to get as many there as possible, wasn't it? Yeah, certainly was. You know, to to get the guys back who could come back was was great. To spend time with them, you know, did them the world of good. You know, they hadn't seen each other for a few years. You know, we were privileged, as Andy said, to be in and around them on the day in the boxes, and uh, it was great for them. But yeah, a little bit of sadness. You know, uh, no one more than me would have loved to see Rodney Marsh. You know, he's legendary figure here back at the 
back at the club, but Rodney's a very busy man. He's got commitments. We've been in touch with him several times, you know, and he he thought he might make it, but then um, said he couldn't, but he's coming back. Uh, and hopefully when he is back in the UK, maybe we can get him into the club uh, to do something with him and celebrate who he was and what he did for the club, you know, because he deserves that. And the others, you know, we made we made efforts to get in touch with Keith Sanderson. Um, you know, I personally made some efforts to, to drive up to where he lives, uh, to meet him the night before the Preston game, to take him for dinner, to bring him to the team hotel. Sadly, uh, circumstances in his life, um, and that never happened. Mm. Uh, but wasn't for the lack of trying. You know, uh, Ron Hunt, we made every effort, and ironically, we've, we've managed to track down Ron in the last few days so a week too late but I was saying to the other Andy Andy Evans as uh, as late as the Thursday before the Cardiff game and he'll back me up on this I said that was the one real sad point of that we hadn't been able to to at least touch base or get someone to contact them you know um, we'll have to rename you Detective Simpson because you <laughs> I've been like a CID <laughs> the last week or so <laughs> you certainly haven't given up and I, I've, I've seen it in the build-up to that, you were saying that's the one that's bothering me because we haven't been able to make contact. But you have made contact now with Ron. Like you say, too late for those celebrations, sadly. But from what you're saying, he he's very keen to come back to Loftus Road soon. Very much so. Um, you know, he's had a he's had a few things going on in his personal life, which you know sometimes when you're speaking to these guys personally, you've got to you've got to respect what they're telling you. So there's many things we could say, but I don't feel we we should say. Mm. You know, you got to respect the the privacy of the conversation. But yeah, I spoke to Ron the other day. We'll 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 certainly try and get him back uh, before the end of the season, if not, definitely next year, where we can celebrate him on his own as a uh, you know a rightful inductee into the Forever Art. You know, he's played 220 games, part of that great side that we celebrated. Very influential role in the winning goal. He was actually telling me a story that for a few years he, he used to say to Mark Lazarus that that goal brushed his hair when he was lying on the floor. <laughs> so it should have been his goal. So, you know, his sense of humour was great the other night. I was on the phone for, I think it was an hour and 20 odd minutes, you know, but uh, no, it was great. So he'll come back and, you know, the other one, Les Allen, uh, spent quite a bit of time speaking with Clive and Brad and Les himself. Uh, but Les was just um, too unwell to come to the game and um, again it wasn't for the lack of trying but great players, great part of our history um, and as I say if, if the ones couldn't come back we have to respect that and sadly there's there's two or three who are sadly no longer here to come back but at least we managed to, to get their families and uh, they were really appreciative of what we did on the day. Here's the corner whipped in towards the post Smith off the line and in! Smith has flicked the ball into the net! Queen's well, since our, our last sit-down podcast, if you like, we've played six games and we've picked up 13 points. We've got four wins, that are drawn just the one defeat from those six matches. So, Andy Evans, you get the feeling that when a new manager comes in, there's that transitional period. Ian Holloway has said during those six defeats, the style of football he was trying to play wasn't working. Obviously, he said, we're playing actually some nice football but we weren't getting results slipping down the table and he needed to adjust his approach he's done that he's made changes to the personnel he's changed the, the tactics and it's reaping rewards well it certainly is it's almost uh, manager of the month stuff isn't it mm. when you look at it and um, I think people want results so quickly now don't they you know and people are not given time to get their philosophy in place and 
you know, it's you can see now that that's Ollie's team out there, and the the, the results uh, reflect, you know, the hard work him and his team are putting in, and long may it continue because uh, I think I can, you know, in, join all the other QPR fans and say that at the moment it's a, it's a pleasure to watch the team. And we're scoring goals. I mean, funny for me to be saying this after a nil-nil draw, but if you look back over those last six games, obviously he scored four at Birmingham, two against Wigan. Um, just the one against Preston, then two against Cardiff, two against Barnsley. It's it's enjoyable to watch. It's entertaining football. It is. And what I'd also add to that is we're actually a little bit more resilient. You know, we're going a goal behind in a in a game here or there. And, you know, in the past, once we went behind, you almost thought, you know, that's, that's it. I can't see us coming back from that. But now we're going behind in games and you you you, you feel that, you know, the, the lads are still have a good go at it. So I think there's a bit more resilience in the group as well. Since Ian Holloway made that point in particular after the, the win over Cardiff to go a goal down just before half-time, come back and win the game, he said it's something that we haven't managed here as a football club for, I think it was 19 months. months. Yeah, something like that, yeah. And he felt that was a major hurdle overcome. And you can see what he's saying there in terms of for the group to, to feel that they can do it. It'll do them the world of good, you know, um, unfortunately, I don't know how to say that, uh, against Cardiff, we didn't see the goal right in the stroke of half-time because we were, we were busy with the the, six, the stars of 67, so uh, I'm in the tunnel, um, didn't even know we were 1-0 down, I thought it was 0-0, nil -nil, but, uh, but yeah, um, as Andy says, you can see what Ian's trying to do, yeah, and, you know, we're, we're much more of a threat going forward, there's goals in the team, if you look at the last few games, you know, the three centre-forwards have all been amongst the goals. That's brilliant for a manager. You know, the likes of Matty Smith, Connor and uh, Silla when he came on the other day. So uh, so that's goal will look creative in different areas. You now Luke Freeman's come to the side and, and done exceptionally well. So, uh, but yeah, and adding that sort of steel and resilience that Andy touched on as well. You know, our clean sheet the other day. I think I wrote down here, it's only our fifth of the season and second since the end of August. Mm. So I think I've gone on this... Uh, pod many times and said we probably relied on Alex far too much in certain games early in the season it was actually great to be sitting in the stand at Leeds and I think Alex did he have a day off on uh, Saturday I think uh, <laughs> no, that's, uh, but for him not to be worked as much as he, he has done was, was great uh, so yeah all good Ian Holloway does like to change his approach almost a, a horses for courses style approach Against Cardiff City, it was a more direct style, whether it was long ball football, as Neil Warnock said afterwards. I'm not sure if you'd agree with that. Certainly, Ian Holloway didn't agree with that. What were your thoughts on the approach against Cardiff? Well, I'm in Ollie's camp. I don't agree with that. There's different ways to play against different teams uh, and to win football matches. And Maybe we haven't been adaptable uh, in the past, over the last couple of seasons. What we're seeing with Ian is from game to game he'll change it, he'll change the personnel, he'll tweak the way we're going to play. Uh, he can play through the midfield, he can bypass it if need be. He's got wide players now that can that can create, he's got fullbacks that can get forward. He's played with a back three but stepping Grant Hall in the middle of the park. So in the space of a very short space of time we're seeing quite an astute tactician if you like um, and different ways to, to win different games. So regarding Neil's comments, I certainly don't agree with him. You know, Neil did great when he was here, got a great reception. Maybe just felt a little bit disappointed that he got beat on the day. It must be hard as well for opposing managers to prepare for playing QPR because you don't know the personnel that's going to play and you don't know the style that's going to play. It must make it quite a challenge. 
Well, yeah, and I think, uh, you know, that's very evidently now becoming a strength of ours. Um, you know, that Ian, I think, with Big Cardiff, and he made five, six changes. Then he's still winning the next game. Now, certainly since I've been back regular at the club, that hasn't happened. And your team sometimes as good as your bench, and our bench looks really, really strong now. And that's probably seen an upturn in people's performances because they know if they're not performing, they won't be in the side. Um, they know if they, they, they do perform. Ollie's got that luxury of either keeping them in or actually saying, you know, just step this one out, get a little bit of a breather and go again for the next one. And he made five changes, uh, Andy Evans, he made five changes for the game against Barnsley. And I thought what was interesting, you had some fans thinking, oh, he's made changes to, to a winning team. Is that the right thing to do? Oh, I quite like the changes he's made. And it was like, well, which I suppose highlights what a strong squad he's now built, that five changes are made and we pick up another victory. Yeah, it's great. You know, you can look at the bench now and, you know, you're almost excited by the options that are on the bench. Mm. And if you you go back to that defeat at Preston where we had the three three games in a week and he stuck with the same side and, you know, any of us that were at Preston, we did look we did look a little bit tired, a bit and, leggy. And he said afterwards he regretted that, but he felt he owed it to the players that had picked up back-to-back yeah. wins to stick with them. Yeah, and I think he, you know, he, you know, I think... Uh, Massimo Luongo probably had his best game under Ollie um, in the win against Barnsley, and then he's you know he's put him he's kept mm. with him on Saturday up at Leeds, and you know Mass was probably putting his hand up for a man of the match along with a couple of others. So yeah, I think you know it's uh, the ability to be able to to change and and you know everyone's competing for that starting eleven. So you know that, that that's good for the team. And if you were a member of that team since. And you, you see the approach against Cardiff, we go off with all three points. And then a completely different style of play against Barnsley. We played the style Barnsley play and we beat them. The confidence it must give all the players in that dressing room as well as the ones on the bench because you think, OK, I'm on the bench. But you can see that Ian Holloway is using these players. He is rotating them. They have got a part to play. So I think it's the, the challenge for a modern day manager to keep 18, 20 people happy. But... If anyone's able to do it, you'd get the impression it's Ian Holloway. He's certainly uh, looking at the way the boys are performing. And I've been at the training ground a few times recently. You know, it's a very happy place. Um, even if you're not in the side, like he made a big point in one of the press conferences when Jamie Mackey wasn't in the side. He said, you know, he said he's really unlucky not to. Now that's great for a player because if a manager names a side, then wins and just almost forgets about the people who have been on the side. You. I've been there, you get a little bit disillusioned, but Holly's got this great gift. Um, listen, he's managed nearly a thousand games, he knows what he's doing, <laughs> you know, let's not forget that. So he's, uh, but that is a skill to be able to keep people happy, to chop and change, um, and ultimately managers are judged on his results. So whether he made five or six changes against Barnsley, he got it right because he won the game. I thought we were excellent against Barnsley. Some of the football we played in the first half, I was on commentary, was. Uh, I was purring, you know, one-touch stuff, playing through the midfield, creating chances. Um, then in other games where we can grind it or go a little bit longer against Cardiff, uh, then going at the Leeds game, we played really well as well. That's the full-time whistle. The cheers you can hear come up from the Queen's Park Rangers supporters below us. They have been heroic today. Not- Turning to that game against Leeds, both Andys, both up at Ellen Road. Andy Evans, what were your thoughts on it? Well, I... I was uh, I was quite positive on the way up, and uh, I sort of I sort of had that sort of feeling like we had when we played Newcastle, going to a big ground, big crowd, slightly the underdogs on the day. I, I think that was like 
you know that I was looking forward to it all the way up and um, the boys didn't disappoint I thought we played really well I felt we were you know all the stats possession stats would probably say that you know Leeds dominated it but I, I felt we were actually the better team and you know if we had nicked it 1-0 I think that would have been a worthy worthy result um, but yeah you know all round um, I think we restricted Leeds to very few chances like uh, Andy, Andy said you know Smithies didn't have much to do and that's against the league's top goal scorer mm. we, you know he hardly had a he hardly had a chance so uh, yeah really good day and um, a, a good journey home as a result yeah they didn't have a shot on target which says a lot about the performance of, of QPR I think going up there most people there's after the recent run of performances and results from QPR there was that air of you know we might go there and do something and then 25,000 singing just before kickoff and uh, I suddenly thought oh my goodness which probably explains why I'm in the stand watching and not on the pitch playing <laughs> one of a number of reasons why but since from that side as well it's a it's a young team don't forget this QPR side they showed a lot of character didn't they it was a, a real cauldron up there at Ellen Road an excellent atmosphere 700 hours fans certainly added to that but the almost the the maturity of the performance was incredible. I think that comes from the the, the, the previous games, you know, where you've, you've got a couple of results on, going with confidence, great place to play Leeds, you know, club steeped in tradition, uh, old-fashioned ground, noisy, hostile crowd. But, you know, we've done really well in, <coughs> excuse me, in those type of games, you know, going to Newcastle, we went to Reading, who were, were flying high at the time. We probably should have got something against Huddersfield. So we, what we're showing, we can compete against the better sides in the league. Nothing to be afraid of, and I think our approach to that game showed that. You know, we didn't we didn't sit back. Obviously, that was a game plan. Um, like Andy says, if there was going to be a team that was going to win it, I thought it was us. We certainly had the better chances. And to go somewhere like Ellen Road and for Alex Smith, he's not to have a save to make. I think that says everything. And that wasn't a negative performance because um, I thought we we carved them open a couple of times without having clear cut chances. But no, great performance, great point. Only the second time in three months that Leeds have failed to score as well, which just highlights defensively how, how well we did. And you can could really go through the team, couldn't you, to pick out a man of the match and you'd almost feel guilty to pick one over another. It was a real team performance out there. What did you make sense of the, the midfield three? Because they seemed to have a, an excellent afternoon up at Leeds. Well, I thought we totally, we, we totally bossed it, you know, in, in, uh, for a lot of the time. Against a good midfield of Leeds, powerful, you know, Bridcott does a good job for them, sits in, gets them playing. But I thought, you know, performance-wise from Luke Freeman, he's been excellent since he's come to the club. Has he surprised you? Uh, yes, because I saw him a couple of times playing for Bristol City. He played more uh, wider, uh, where I played there for years, you know, and sometimes you can get starved of the ball. Sometimes you can go through games and not influence it, but where all he's playing him, uh, he's right in the thick of the action. And he's been, I just think he's been excellent. You know, he's got a bit of everything. You know, he can drive forward, he can go past people, he can dribble, he can shoot. If you look at his Huddersfield goal, he's got great delivery from his set play. So uh, I've been really, really impressed with him along with Massey the other day. And uh, Pavel, who's been, you know, signed him as a winger, but he's been tucked in as well. And uh, he's worked his socks off and uh, done really, really well. Yeah, Mass played really well, didn't he, in, in that midfield three alongside Freeman. We caught up with him up at Ellen Road to get his thoughts on that game. Well, Mass, that was tiring to watch. What was it like to play in? Yeah, it was. It was a little bit tiring, especially for us in the midfield. Um, but 
yeah, I think it, it benefit the team and, and we gave our back line, you know, a lot less to do and, and if you ask Nedham or Lynchy or Hawley they think they'll say, you know, we're all quite comfortable because of the work rate, you know, from the front five or six. With the three of you in the centre of midfield, it was a real tactical battle for you, wasn't it, because of the two full-backs bombing on from Leeds? Uh, yeah, uh, we worked on it. We've, we've, we've done it a few times um, this season. Um, and I think we, we've nailed it quite well. Um, but we've, we've come here and we've set up a, a game plan and we off the ball and we had to stick to it and, and, it, and it worked. We frustrated them and obviously their full-backs are going to get the space. Um, but, you know, with five at the back and, and, and three dealing with, um, with their you know, wood up top, crosses and stuff like that I'm quite confident that they can deal with that and I think the manager was quite confident in that they could and um, yeah we kept the threat really low obviously it was a lot of work it was hard but um, yeah we, we won it in good areas and then I think we when we did have the ball we were able to create you know chances and, and, and hurt them a little bit more than, than they thought that we would. Yourself Freeman and Showick seem to have developed quite a partnership and very quickly as well. Yeah I think um, me and Lukey, uh, you know, I think we understand each other on the ball and we, you know, lending it to each other. And with Hawley stepping in behind us, I think it, it creates a, a comfortable midfield on the ball. And then um, having Pav just off, off us and, and giving him the ball, he can take the ball 30, 40 yards up the pitch. And he, he creates that, um, that bit of pace for, for not just in the midfield, for the whole team and, and getting us up the pitch. Um, where the ball is over the top for him or slid down the side for him, he, he, it is handy to have a player like that who can just relieve the pressure off us a little bit and, and it allows the ball, the ball players in, in the midfield just to have a little bit less pressure and, and getting us out. While you're a more attack-minded player, you've obviously got your defensive duties as well. That was only our second clean sheet in five months. Do you take pleasure from that? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I'd say uh, Alex and the back line do more than I do, but um, it, I think it's a goal that we had uh, in our head for a long time. Um, even the games, we, we felt like we were turning up and we were quite comfortable. Um, and we let a goal in the end. In the back of our head, we, we you know, we'll go in the dressing room and say, next time we've got to aim for a clean sheet. And it's probably the only thing that we're lacking um, on the good performances. You know, we play well, but then we don't have that clean sheet. Obviously, we get the three points, but I think it's just a bonus. And 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 it's a nice building stone, uh, a building um, step to. Uh, to take on to the next game. A standing ovation from the 700 QPR fans as you went off the pitch. What's the mood like in the dressing room after that? An excellent performance and a point against Leeds United at Ellen Road. Yeah, boys, boys are happy. Um, you know, three weeks, three games in a week is, is tough. So um, to come out with seven points is is so good. I think uh, having a week off and then getting prepared for the next game, I think it will be a bit more easier in training and everyone will be a little bit more light-hearted and. Um, just a bit more happier in training and we can enjoy it more knowing that we've, we've got three great performances under our belt and uh, definitely use it going into the next game. And just finally, how pleased are you with your own form in recent weeks? Yeah, I'm, I'm very happy. Um, obviously, we, the depth in this squad is, 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 is really good. Um, in that midfield, we have a young midfield and, and they're all easily could step in and play. So um, me being in and out, at certain times, you know, just just gives me a bit of a rest, and it makes me more hungry. And, and to play three on the bounces and get seven points and do kind of, you know, do well is a, is a bonus. You know, I, I think um, the consistency of performances has been lacking 
you know, just over probably over the Christmas and the New Year break for me. So I'm happy just to, to bang out some games and get you know good results for my head. It's, it's, it's pleasing, yeah. He certainly seems to be enjoying his football since. Actually, after the game against Huddersfield that we lost, Mass was rested for the next three games. And he just mentioned there that he probably needed that little rest and whether he needed it physically or it was a maybe a, a, a not a wake-up call because someone like Mass Longo doesn't need a wake-up call, but the realisation that it's such a strong squad to be rested and someone like Mass who loves his football, then he comes back in and... He's arguably now playing the, the best football of, it, of the season for him. Well, I certainly think his last two performances against Barnsley and Leeds, um, he's been outstanding, uh, which I thought he was early in the season. For the first month of the season, I thought he was our best player, outfield player. Um, lost his way a little bit, like a lot of the side with results, new manager coming in, trying to understand exactly what he does, you know. But uh, as I say, he's been excellent. A couple of things might have worked in his favour the little rest but I just wonder deep down if someone like Mass has had a look and he's seen Sean Goss coming to the club he's seen Freeman come in as we've discussed and do really well he's seen Ryan Manning mm. playing in the middle of the park and done exceptionally well so maybe Mass has just had a look and subconsciously thought you know what well, I'm going to have to step my game up a little bit uh, if that has been the case he certainly has done that in the last two games he's been brilliant do pros need that? Going back to to your day, did you have a time where you're playing and perhaps you were a more regular in the side and then someone like David Ginnell walks through the door and you think, hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think every every pro needs it. You know, you, you possibly don't like it because when you're playing week after week after week, you, that, well, that's what I wanted. Um, but for your own performance and for the good of the team, you need to be put under pressure, whether that comes from the manager or your teammates. And what we're seeing now, and we've discussed the changes and the formations and the personnel, we've got that going right through the squad now. Um, you know, if you look at the, the back three, back four, back five, whatever, we've mm. decided to go with the. He's, Ollie's chopped and changed that. You know, Nedim Anua, we haven't mentioned Nedim, I thought he was outstanding at Wendley's, you know, a real captain, colossal performance, you know, and that's what he's capable of doing. So, so you know, there's another one. But if you can get that going through the team or the squad like we have, you're only. Well, you're going to get results. And just on those three in the centre of the park, the football that is created that goes through them is brilliant to watch. And that was just the case again up at Ellen Road, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm. I'm really excited. Watching Luke Freeman really excites me because he. Uh, he's got. He's got the ability got to, to make the whole past, stadium go. Oh. Yeah, he goes past <laughs> people, step overs, and just when you think he's 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 lost the ball, he seems to tow it round people and get away. So. Yeah, I'm really enjoying watching watching Freeman in there. He's been he's been excellent. And I thought uh, young Sean Goss. Uh, what game was it that he that he started? He started he, against Cardiff. Started the Cardiff game, and I, I thought he was outstanding. And um, you know, so be be good to see him get a little bit of game time uh, between now and the end of the season as well. So he looks like he he's going to add to the mix as well. We've certainly got plenty of options, and we've got to mention Connor Washington. He had the the best chances of the game, didn't he? Up at Ellen Road, the, the chance in the first half, which he created brilliantly with the turn, got away from three defenders. And I didn't realise it was only when I saw it again that it was actually quite a tight angle that he was approaching from. Um, good save from Rob Green. And then he had the, the chance in the second half as well where he's lifted it over the defender onto the right foot and he's put it just wide of the, the far post. So he, he's certainly a player that's playing with confidence. And you can see that, can't you? Well, that comes from game time and goals. And, you know, he's, he's sort of come alive 
Matt Smith's give him something a, a, a bit of a foil to play off, you know. If you look at his chances the other day, or his half chances, you know, the the first one he's created himself great bit of skill, great pace. You've got to give it to Green, you know, stood up, made himself big and made a good save. Uh, he was inches away just before half time and getting on the end of a flick at the, so you know. Uh, from Darnell Furlong's flick. Yeah, yeah, from a flick. So, you know, like good strike, he's on the move. Uh, and then the second half, he's, he's created a chance himself. He's come inside. And I just felt at the time we're directly behind us, sitting up, sitting up higher, just probably was trying to be a little bit too precise. Um, and I think you were saying after the game, that's the one he thought he might have done a little bit better with. But again, you know, he's he's playing really, really well. We've seen signs over the last couple of months of probably what Connor Washington's all about, why we signed him. And long may that continue. He's got seven or eight goals, so uh, I, th- I still think there's more to come. Yeah, Mark Bertram said after the game that you're right, it was that second opportunity, the one in the second half, that Connor was more disappointed with himself because in training he... He's more often than not, he finds the back. I think he's net. probably disappointed with himself because, you know, if Rob Green saves it. You go again like the first half. You go well done, but he's just that's what I'm saying. I think he's just trying to be a little bit too precise. But we were right behind it. You know, it wasn't far away, but they're the fine margins. And uh, tactically, like we we spoke about earlier, Ian Holloway has got the ability to change things. And he was saying recently that that's actually something that's only. C- come from experience and he actually mentioned his spell at Blackpool where they picked up 28 points from their first 23 games in the Premier League and then only 11 points from their next 23 and obviously went down with 39 points he said because after six months the teams had sussed them out and they knew what to expect they knew how to deal with it and as a result Blackpool weren't getting the wins they were in the the first half of the season so he said from that experience he said it's a case of you you have to change you have to adapt you can't be predictable and certainly Andy QPR aren't predictable at the moment. Like we said, they, they're constantly changing it. And I, I often say that I don't think Ian Holloway gets the credit he deserves because he's this jovial character. People focus on that. Well, actually, look at what he's achieved historically. He's done very well getting two teams into the Premier League. And is he a, a better manager now than he was 10 years ago when he was at Loftus Road? Yes, is the answer. I mean, you know, all of us as as human beings, you know, I'm certainly a different person to our, to ten years ago, and I'm sure Ollie is as well. You know, you you learn through experience, and um, I agree with you. I don't think he gets the credit, uh, particularly tactically. I mean, when you did watch that Blackpool team of his in the Premier League, you know, they were a real joy to watch. You know, particularly in that mm-hmm. first half of the season, and it's clear that. You know, he's learned from those experiences because, like you say, you know, you can watch you can watch him here at Loftus Road and, you know, you could play two different formations yeah. in, in one half. You know, he's willing to, to change tactics, uh, you know, as a result of what's happening out there on the pitch. So, yeah, I, 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 I agree with you. I don't think Ollie gets the credit he, he deserves. And, um, you know, I think he, you know, he, he certainly, uh, he, he's, he's certainly much more adaptable adaptable uh, from, a, from a tactics point of view from the last time he was here and we're nine points clear now of the relegation zone since are we still in the dog fight I don't think we're in a dog fight but you know it's a crazy division you only need a sound a bit negative here you only need another December yeah and you will be in a dog fight mm. so uh, cliches you know I think you take one game as it comes we're doing terrifically well at the minute and we've just got to keep building. I would love us, you know, as part of the club, a fan, whatever you want, I would love us to finish the season with real momentum on a high. 
you know so everyone goes away during the summer uh, with optimism for next year and we come back and I think the signs of what we've seen over the last couple of months uh, I think we can certainly have a real go I've been at the right end of the table rather than at the wrong end of the table where we've been certainly over the last few months and you look at the squad and you think does it need much in terms of changes additions etc and when was the last time QPR were in a situation where they're going into a transfer window not feeling or that they had to make huge changes whether it's because of a change in the division because you're fighting relegation you're chasing promotion there's a change in manager almost you look back at the last 10 years when was the last time we went into a transfer window not expecting anticipating wholesale changes and that's got to be good yeah very good and I think what, what Ian's done in the last window he signed players in the likes of Freeman and Smith who know the division have played in the division know what it's like you know what it takes Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday you know week after week after week so uh, I'm not a betting man but if I was I still think you'll make a couple of additions in the summer that's a that's a natural sort mm. of progression um, I was at the training ground the other day and I'm not talking at a turn where we had just won two back-to-back games and he was quite hard with the players because he felt training was just a little bit below the standard that he wanted so uh, I don't think Ian will rest on his laurels until he until he gets exactly what he wants. Um, so yeah, he will add to the squad, but the squad's strong. Certainly, we, we referred to a while ago. The bench now gives you options, and that can only be a good sign. Turning to Rotherham this weekend, there's plenty going on uh, for yourself, Andy Evans. You're going to be a busy, busy man, busier than ever. Uh, plenty going on. Obviously, the the community day. Firstly, yep. Uh, huge uh, opportunity for us to to showcase a lot of the work that that we do on the community trust um i think you know it's been a last week was a was was quite an interesting week for us i think um you know many fans saw one of our young participants james caslin who uh appeared on the victoria derbyshire show um you know it was a very brave thing that that james did um by you know being open and, and, and honest about his experience. Um, and we got an opportunity on the community day to, to really um, sort of showcase the different projects like the one James was on, which, you know, without being over dramatic, has, has actually saved his life. You know, when we met James, he was, he'd been sectioned, he had tried to commit suicide. And um, it just shows you the, the power of football in terms of what it can do at a real grassroots community level. And um, James is one young man who, who we work with. You know, he's one of 22,000 that we see. Um, you know, at the moment, we we get referrals from social services, uh, youth, the youth services, youth offending teams, the police. And we currently have a caseload of 40 uh, young young people that we work directly with. You know, not not all the same uh, challenges as James, but not too dissimilar. And I think, you know, I'd like to take the opportunity today to, you know, just to, sh- to say that we've got an amazing staff and team of people who are working with people like James every single day. Mm. And, um, you know, we we see ourselves as a as a family, um, as a family club, and you know. James in particular and the struggles that he was facing, you know, football and QPR provided him with 
a bit of a bit of a safe haven for him to 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 grow and develop and you know being part of a team and being part of QPR, you know, that has certainly helped him. Um, I'm very fortunate, you know, I get to spend every other Saturday with Andy Sinton and Les Ferdinand. And 20 years on, you you know, you, you watch them two together and you can see what being part of a team means. You know, they've still got that bond. And um, the bond within the community trust on some of the programmes and James Caslin being part of our Healthy Kickers team, you know, that... That literally, you know, that that support around him um, has led to him being well enough to appear on national TV. But James is still a very vulnerable young young man, and you know we'll continue to to help and work with him. So the community day has really given us an opportunity to to uh, you know highlight that work that we're doing on a local level, and all the different projects will be represented. But in particular. Um, you know, we've got a lot of activity going on at play football in the morning. Um, our Tiger Cubs, our Down Syndrome team, are going to be having a tournament there. We've partnered with Imperial uh, College, who are going to do a sports science pop-up festival. So there's going to be loads of activities going on down at play football at the Fan Zone. What time does that all start? That all starts at midday. Um, so get along there and uh, no doubt a couple of members of the first team will be, be down there as well. Um, in addition, we've got our annual sponsored walk uh, for the Tiger Cubs, the Tiger Feet Walk. So this is Tiger Feet 8, um, 50 walkers uh, walking the, the 13 miles from our training ground to Loftus Road. Um, we've now raised over £75,000 since we wow. started the Tiger Feet Walk. And uh, that all goes towards our Down Syndrome team, uh, the Tiger Cubs. Uh, this year, we've got... Uh, 50 walkers, as I say, and Andy Sinton will be joining us on the walk along with Lee Hughes, the, the club CEO. And uh, we're up to one and a half thousand this morning when I had a look on the uh, on the on the on the Virgin Money Giving page. Uh, we we want to get up to 15,000 this year because that will, you know, really help us to put programs on, you know, like <coughs> the one that benefited James. And how can people donate for the Tiger Feet Eight? So if you go on to, onto the Virgin Money page um, and put in Tiger Feet 8, you should be able to see the, uh, the, fund, the fundraising page there and you can don donate directly. Great stuff. And the QPR fans, are, you can tell they, they're really proud to see the, the Tiger Cubs when they go out onto the Loftus Road pitch. They get such a good reception and there's such a feel-good factor around it. So it'll be special to see them again on Saturday. It is. This year they're going to do uh, pre-match because we've got a lot going on at half-time as well. So uh, the so get in your seats nice and early if you want to uh, give the Tiger Feats the, the warm reception you normally do because they'll be going round just before uh, just before kickoff. So um, yeah, and I think it it you know it's days like that when our when the Tiger when the Tiger Cubs are on the pitch mm. and the reception they get from QPR. I think you know I think that marks us out as a special club. Great stuff. And elsewhere, you're also having a, a sleep out as well. We are. The first one, uh, we've partnered up with YMCA West London, um, and it's to raise awareness around homelessness. Um, for us, the, the funds that we raise will go towards our employability program for ex-service personnel. Uh, quite a lot of the ex-forces uh, end up homeless. Uh, housing is often quite a... Uh, you know, a 
lack of housing is a is a is a contributing factor to to uh, the ex services struggling to sort of get you know get get back into civilian life. Mm. So we run a program that gets gets them closer to the job market. So if you want to come along and sleep out in the loft under a cardboard box, um, there's you know it will be a fun night as well, although quite a challenging one. We it's on Friday the thirty first of March. Uh, with a eight o'clock start where we'll do uh, a tour of the stadium uh, so you can have a look behind the scenes and then we'll all gather in the blue and white bar to watch the derby qpr game which is obviously live on sky that night and then it's lights out at 11 <laughs> under like the compulsory. car yeah lights out at 11 and then um like i say you know sleeping out in in the in the loftus road stand uh through to through to the following morning Great stuff and full details on that are available on the website qpr.co.uk. Well, just finally, Rotherham this weekend, they've picked up one point from their last 11 games. What could possibly go wrong? The last time we played them at their place earlier this season, they picked up one point from their last 12 games. And we know how that ended up. Since, what can we expect? I think after what happened, it probably helps prepare the players, doesn't it, when they went into that and ended up losing the game to almost have an identical situation for the match at Loftus Road, surely we'd be better prepared for the possibility. We would like to think so. Um, you know, let's face it, it was probably our most disappointing performance of the season. Forgetting the result, we just didn't, we didn't, didn't perform. And usually when you don't perform, you get beat. Uh, so yeah, Rotherham, you know, they're, they're miles adrift, but they'll come. They'll have pride. You know, they're professional. They'll want to put some points on the board. It's all about us. As you know, I think what you get with Ian, Ollie down the training ground, every game he hammers home with what it's like to pull on the, the shirt, play in front of our fans. So I don't think there'll be any complacency. You just need to, uh, just need to step up to the plate and produce what we've been doing over the last five or six games five or six weeks last couple of months if we do that we'll be absolutely fine anything less than that we might be looking at a different story but hopefully not and again with the strength of the squad as well all the players on the pitch know full well they, they need to perform because <clears throat> the manager's always watching very much so we've discussed that but you know if I'm a player going into these lesser games I see it as an opportunity if I'm Connor Washington Adrissa Silla Matt Smith I'm seeing that as an opportunity it's no disrespect to Rotherham but I'm thinking you know what I can get a couple of goals here today and I can get into double figures. You know, um, if I'm a Luke Freeman, I'll be thinking, you know what, I can be the man of the match again. I can be the star of the show. I can show these fans what I am really capable of doing. I can contribute another goal. If I'm playing in the back four or the five, whatever Ollie goes with, you know, another clean sheet. I think a clean sheet will win the game. So uh, that's your personal little goals that you should be setting. And I'm sure will be hammered home all week on the training ground. Ollie won't take them lightly. And... You know, it's just about us going and performing. If we perform, we win. 